this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. I wanted to start the pod with um, a little, couple little quotes from 12 More Rules. I've been reading this lately and been taking a lot away from it, so I thought it'd be cool to share it. Um, Jordan Peterson, for people who don't know, he's, I don't even know how to describe him. I guess he's like a modern-day philosopher, but he, his writings, he, he has a bunch of good books, um, too, specifically, 12 Rules for Life, and then this is from 12 More Rules. But in this specifically, he was talking about happiness and responsibility. So it says, people want to be happy, and no wonder. I have longed deeply many times for the return of happiness, hoping for its current presence. And I'm certainly not alone in that. However, I do not believe you should pursue happiness. If you do so, you will run right into the iteration problem because happy is a right now thing. If you place people in situations where they are feeling a lot of positive emotion, They get present focused and impulsive. This means make hay while the sun shines, take your opportunities while things are good and act now. But now is by no means everything. And unfortunately, everything must be considered at least insofar as you are able. In consequence, it is unlikely that whatever optimizes your life across time is happiness. I thought that was really good. I'm not denying its desirability, by the way. If happiness comes to you, welcome it with gratitude and open arms. But be careful because it does not make you impetuous. What does impetuous mean? I'm not sure. Hmm. We'd have to look that up. If we have any smart listeners out there who have their thesauruses. (laughs) No, but I think a a lot of times people, you know, you you do things because you want to be happy. And that's like when I first quit my job from Vanguard that's what I thought you should just chase happiness. And I think I would have told everybody like, hey, if you're doing something that you don't like doing, like you gotta be happy, try to be happy, do something that makes you happy. And he goes on a lot to talk about responsibility and happiness isn't necessarily just doing whatever you get to do and having free time all the time. Responsibility is what, and like doing something that's really important to you, that's where happiness usually is found so it's like a byproduct instead of doing things for happiness if you take on a lot of responsibility and things that are meaningful to you then you'll find happiness Hmm. i mean nobody's gonna be happy all the time anyway and that's not i mean and when you were reading that i wrote down i'm impulsive (laughs) so i am that person who chases like the instant gratification and the happy this will make me happy right now kind of thing I feel like I, I'm less impulsive than I used to be though I think about things more I feel like I haven't seen that from you though really I don't know I kind of feel like I'm that way yeah but again like I said I, I feel like years ago I would have been like all right this is gonna make me happy I'm gonna buy it or I'm gonna do it or I'm gonna go see it um but now since Money is definitely something to that I am like watching <laughs> my spending and stuff. Then I'm not I'm not going out and just buying whatever and like getting tickets for things and you know 
I'm just being a little bit more mindful. But that doesn't mean I'm not happy. I think you enjoy it more, too, when it's not an all-the-time thing. Like, how good does pizza taste when you're, like, (laughs) when you haven't had it for a couple months and you go to a really good pizza shop? Yeah, speaking of that, we haven't had pizza in a long time. Yeah, so we'll do that right now because it'll make us happy. (laughs) No, but I, I do think... I do think that's really good. And there was one more I wanted to read. This one I think is a little bit long. Would I like this book? It's it's definitely hard to digest. Like I've noticed I had to take notes and I have to kind of, you can't, re- you can't just read it straight through. You mm. really have to, you really have to like sit with it, you know? But uh, this is uh, along the same rule. And he says, your life becomes meaningful in precise proportion to the depths of the responsibility you are willing to shudder that is because you are now genuinely involved in making things better you are minimizing the unnecessary suffering you are encouraging those around you by example and word you are constraining the the malevolence in your own heart and the hearts of others this is where it gets really good a bricklayer may question the utility of laying his bricks monotonously one after the other But perhaps he is not merely laying bricks. Maybe he is building a wall. And the wall is part of a building. And the building is a cathedral. And the purpose of the cathedral is the glorification of the highest good. And under such circumstances, every every brick laid is an act that partakes of the divine. And if what you are doing in your day-to-day activity is not enough, then you are not aiming at the construction of a proper cathedral. And that is because you are not aiming high enough. Because if you were, then you would experience the sense of meaning in relationship to your sufficiently high goal, and it would justify the misery and limitations of your life. If you have something meaningful to pursue, then you are engrossed in life. You are, only a, you are on a meaningful path. The most profound and reliable instinct for meaning, if not perverted by, self-defeat, by self-deceit and sin, there is no other way to state it, manifests itself when you are on the path of maximum virtue that was really good that was a lot though that's what i'm talking about like it's hard to just sit there and read for an hour of this book i also think reading out loud is a lot harder than reading to yourself (laughs) yeah it's very difficult i think you digest it a little bit more like you are as you're reading it you're thinking about something else that's what i tend to like think okay where does that apply in my life like what bricks am I laying Mm -hmm. I that to me says that like everything matters and if we start thinking it that way that what you're doing right now matters whether it matters to you or somebody else or somebody that you care about like I don't know it kind of can go in the hand in hand with like everything happens for a reason type of thing but that's a little bit more philosophical than what you just read. Yeah. I think it's just like every day in your life, like if you're not looking at the end result or if you're not looking where you're trying to be the best at, you're just going to every day is going to be like a, almost a letdown. If you're like, oh, what I did today, you know, that didn't take me towards what I want to do. Yeah. But I mean, everything... I I have a friend that is always chasing these like motivational talks and videos and like 
but he doesn't do anything or from from what an outsider can see like he doesn't really do anything to pursue his own happiness and gratification and and end result but like if he started thinking I'm, I'm thinking about him now but like maybe if he started thinking that everything matters every video that he watches matters and everything that he reads matters in the grand scheme but it's also like dissecting that into what what that means and and how that can change your day just just today rather than thinking too largely out of scope you know yeah so if you're constantly thinking oh this brick is going towards the cathedral yeah i think you get lost in like oh i'm so far away from yeah from that point yeah yeah so this is like brick one like we were talking about the egyptian pyramids earlier in the car and i was like why did they make them i don't even know why they made them but thinking like when they were building these pyramids they were like oh this is you know king tut's tomb or whatever um so they were I don't know, maybe they were thinking, like, this is a great purpose. This is, you know, hard work, but it's going towards this this great thing. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine, like, you, if you think what you're doing is important, you're going to work harder. That's just natural. Like, if the project that you're working on, if you're thinking, oh, this is going to be important someday. I'm not sure how, but, like, I want to make this as perfect as i possibly can and yeah i'm gonna fuck things up i'm gonna make a lot of mistakes but you you're like always aiming at that but also staying present in the moment like i now i'm just comparing everything to jujitsu because i'm in that and like if you go in every day thinking like oh i'm gonna be a black belt one day like it's really easy to to just kind of let it go like oh today doesn't really matter but if you go in every day thinking like i'm a white belt like what i can learn a lot today like anything i anything we do is going to be pretty new to me so you take that really seriously and you really try to learn it because it's like i'm trying to digest this information in hopes one day that i go down this good path but like also not getting too clouded with hey this doesn't matter because you know it's going to take me 20 years to get my black belt anyway. Like it's. Yeah. I was just thinking like it, you almost have to sometimes not think about the future and how far away from it you are. Cause like, it's not always about the end result. Cause once you chase the end result, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this a thousand times, but once you chase the end result and you get it, like once you, I mean, once you reach the end result, then what? Yeah. What's next? You need a new project or you need a new goal or you need a new thing. But like finding the happiness and the joy and the in the little things and in the process. I mean, as as uh, cliche as it is, it's like enjoy the process, you know. Maybe we got too used to like winning, or you know, like I grew up with video games and like you just beat the video game and it's like pretty easy to do that. And then you need a new game, like you need something to do. But if you're pursuing something that's doesn't have an end like that's constantly evolving you can't be like oh that's it i'm done hmm. i wouldn't know i never played video games 
Yeah. I, I never did. I, I mean, mean I, I wasn't like a gamer. I always played sports games. So you can keep playing them like pretty much forever. But oh, if yeah. you play like Call of Duty or whatever, eventually you just beat the game. Oh, okay. And it's over. Like you can go back and replay it if you want. But obviously how many that's times like, how many people like beat the game? Um, I don't think it's super difficult. Really? Like I, I mean, obviously it takes a lot of time, but hmm. I don't know. I, 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 had no I haven't idea. been into video games for a long time. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, that book I've been taking a lot away from. And, yeah, just trying to digest, like, little bits of it, write stuff down. That's been helpful for me, especially, like, you can tell by the way he writes. It's a lot of yeah. adjectives, and it's a lot of, you know, A lot of words we have to look up what they mean. Yeah, yeah, but I really like that. You should make a post about, like, books. And I think maybe you've done this before, but maybe make a post about books that are inspiring you right now. Mm. or something yeah i think people i mean you have a lot of listeners that really enjoy the conversations that you have with people but it's also kind of like they enjoy they must enjoy listening to you too and they enjoy the questions that you ask and like your insight and stuff so i feel like giving your insight on books that you're reading and things that you know might help other people yeah i could start doing that more often if uh if you want to, um, just DM me on Instagram. Let me know if you think that'd be a good idea. If that'd be helpful, maybe sprinkle it. I did that last year, last year or two years ago. I was doing like the book review pods. I like doing them. It keeps me accountable too, because then I'm like reading and I really want to like make it worthwhile for people, mm -hmm. not just sit there and read it and like not really care about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I don't know how well those podcasts did, but I mean, if they just thinking like maybe if they didn't do great then because i know they were a lot shorter but maybe make them just post or something mm -hmm. that way people can even save it on instagram yeah yeah sometimes it's like and i, I talked about this with um ariel last week like sometimes you make all the posts on instagram or i'll put a bunch of podcasts out that are a year two years in the past and it's like people kind of forget about them but they're there yeah like it, it's always just a library that's building on each other i think it's cool to have that like i do think uh, some people when when um i ask them to come on the pod they actually go back and like listen to the first couple episodes mm. and i'm like why did you do that but but at least <laughs> yeah. you can see like you don't want to listen to the first couple you want to listen to the ones that are like fairly recent yeah, to get recent. the most i don't know sometimes it's cool to listen to the first one and like see if people are like tried to i'm i can tell when i listen to podcasts if like people really try hard to cut stuff out or mm -hmm. like try to make it perfect but i mean i haven't gone back and listened to the first one i don't think i'll ever do that who was your first guest was it Paige? um i had my buddy ricky from college who's a photographer that was your first guest yeah and like the expectation versus how that actually turned out was like so completely different who was the one where it actually didn't record? That was somebody that you were on their podcast, was that oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that wasn't you. Yeah, yeah. my buddy Steve. <laughs> we got like 53 minutes in, and he's like, are you saving the recording? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no this, this is, is your, your job. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. I, you know, that's something I really like doing. Like, I might almost give people too much of the benefit of the doubt, but when people start a podcast... 
even if they quit after like four episodes, if they ask me to come on or if they ask me for advice, like I'm always happy to do that. And I always want people to go through with it longer and like some people just fall off right away. Yeah. But yeah, that's something I hope to always do. Like no matter how much I grow this, like if anybody wants me on their podcast, I will 100% do it. Like I'll always make time for that. I'll always make time for people. If you have any questions, if you ever do want to get started, I will for sure set up a Zoom call or have you over to my apartment and try to figure it out. Didn't Mike want to start a podcast? Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. He's too busy on Twitter lately. <laughs> We're not getting into that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but anybody start a podcast. There, There's so many of them out there, but I think there's so many listeners. Like, there's It so- is crazy saturated. Yeah. I can't believe, like podcasts went from, there was like seven and now there's about seven million. Yeah, I think. It might be like three million, but it's a oh, I was just down. totally guessing. There's three million podcasts. I think oh, close I was to pretty it. close. Yeah, that was a good guess. <laughs> yeah, just think about that. A lot. I mean, a lot of them probably. I don't know. There's probably a difference between active podcasts versus how many people have started one. Oh yeah, and had like one or two episodes. Yeah, because mm. I know that's pretty popular. People will just start like do one episode and then never do it again yeah I mean it is hard work though I was just thinking like I st- I fell off from sending out the newsletter for 360 and I fell off that like last year and I still have people subscribing to my website and and it says like oh weekly newsletters and I haven't done that in forever so I'm like shit should I get back to that like I part of me really wants to I'm totally sidelining no, taking fine. this conversation towards me but um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if I have it in me to do something every week, maybe monthly, but I, I have to put some more thought into that. I don't know. I feel like nobody reads those newsletters and the amount of email that we get on a daily basis. You see me all the time. Delete, 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 delete. Yeah. yeah you stop deleting. You have about 17,000 emails. <laughs> It's hard, like, deciding. I mean, that's what you have to do sometimes, too, is, like, decide if this is worth doing. So, like, sometimes, because I'm always telling people, like, you got to keep going. You got to put out content. You got to, like, it takes a lot of work. But sometimes, like, if things aren't working, then you got to quit. And, like, you got to move on to the next thing. Or change it. Change how you're doing it. Change the approach. Change something. Yeah. I think... I mean, that's how, like I've always had a had a hard time with that, um, you know, transitioning to the next thing. Like you you don't want to let it go because it's even I mean, for you, remember how long you were focusing on the personal training book yeah. and you're like, I, I want to do nutrition and you but you're like, oh, I got to got to finish this certification. And I'm like, why? Like, you don't even want to be a personal trainer. I know. And then I feel like I, I should have stuck with that, though. <laughs> But I was like, okay, I'll just start the PN thing. And then you fi- and then you had time and finished that. Yeah. Re- like relatively quickly. Yeah. I mean, all of you personal trainers out there, I give you a lot of credit. That shit was hard. I, the anatomy that you have to learn and like, oh my gosh, every, it was, it was a lot. I felt like I was back in high school science. Yeah. I am uh, an alumni of anatomy and physiology too for day one yeah what happened to day two i dropped out after day one 
<laughs> it was a three-hour class, so that was like the f- whole first week. But yeah. You sat through the three hours and then you were like, I, oh, I can't do this anymore. I did. I probably knew 15 minutes in that I wasn't coming back, but I did stick it out. <laughs> I should have probably left at the break, but I stayed in. Well, um, I wanted to recap the meet a little bit. I know uh, I took that week off the podcast. We were busy with that, but I haven't really talked about that and uh, talk about we're moving in a little bit. And Again. We, yeah. And we just got back from vacation. So I kind of, you know, I, I like giving people a little bit of updates. And, you know, when you travel somewhere, like, you look on YouTube, you look on Google, like, where do, where do I go? Like, how, do, how is this place? So I think it is kind of cool. Like, somebody has to leave that information. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like got to leave. Yeah. If nobody leaves reviews and nobody knows what you're doing, yeah. like, who's going to... Total crapshoot. Like, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So the meet, that was a couple weeks back. I do like recapping, too, like kind of talking through it. I feel like that's something that's helpful for me, at least, like reflecting on it. You can, in the moment, like you can think about it, but usually until, for me, it's like at least a day or two after, I'm like, okay, let me process how it went. Mm-hmm. So how did it go for you? Um. Well, Snatch went not good made my opener and then missed the second two attempts and I mean leading into the meet like I was training three days a week and this is the second meet that I've done that for and I mean even I was talking to you a little bit we were in the back after snatches and I'm just like I'm mad at myself for the like amount of work that I put into this the lack of work that I put into this but I can't be mad at the result because I did I just wasn't ready right so I mean you've been focusing more on jujitsu and you like it and it's you know that's very physically and mentally draining so I don't know I think making your opener is is great I really do think, and there's a lot of people out there that say that they had really shitty meets, but they made their openers, and that's successful, in my opinion. I think it's it's definitely a feat that you um, can can make your opener. But do you think, because you went from 98 to 103, right? 102. So 98 to 102. Do you feel like four kilos for you is typically an easy jump at that percentage three to four i'm usually comfortable like i can go 95 to 100 and then i mean i'm just super inconsistent with those top end weights anyway so like i i kind of know usually 100 plus i'm like i might make this i might not Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't think it was the jump It, it was just not there not there that day and then what about clean and jerks? Clean and jerks went really well. Yeah, clean and jerks went went really well. I ended up, I think I opened at 133 and then went 138 and 142, which Those I've Those were on- good jumps. Yeah, I've only hit one above 140 one time, and it was at the meet in Westchester last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with, um, you know, I always feel like I can compete. I feel like I'll show up regardless of how much I trained. I can, I'm a competitor, but 
there's also something to be said for being prepared. Like if you're not, (laughs) if you're not prepared, it doesn't matter how good of a competitor you are. It's just, I think there's something in the back of your mind that, you know, I don't really deserve to do that well. Mm. So what do you think is going to get you better with snatch technique? Because obviously, I mean, you're strong, your legs are strong. You are fairly strong overhead um like what do you think is going to get you better for snatch because i i feel like your snatch should be higher yeah than it is based and on, that's not i'm not putting you down i'm just saying like based on your squats and everything and i and i don't know what i've seen you do with clean and jerk i i just feel like your squat your snatch should be yeah based on that percentage chart i think it was like 125 to 135 mm. so i'm way under that Honestly, right now I'm taking the first time I've ever done this like a legit off season. Um, my wrist was hurting a little bit after the meet, and it was it was a little bit a couple weeks beforehand. wasn't feeling great. I think I missed a week of clean and jerking because it just didn't feel good. But I don't know taking a taking a like real off season, maybe a month or t- it might be two months where I just don't lift. And I'm still going to do stuff. Like I said, I told you, I'm I'm never going to not do anything, like physically. I'm going to squat. I'm going to deadlift. I'm going to try to do accessory work at my lower back, my hamstrings stronger. That's always a focus. But maybe just taking some time off the lifts. And, like, I put a ton of pressure on myself for even training. Like, you see how seriously I take it. Yeah, I've never had... I've never had a sport that I've done besides jujitsu where I wasn't like trying to be the best and weightlifting. Obviously you're not going to be the best if there's just people who are better than you, but like trying to be my best. Yeah. And I think you have more in the tank. I don't think you're tapped out at what's your floor snatch. 105. 105. Yeah. I don't think you're tapped out there. And I don't. I really don't think you're tapped out at 145 for clean and jerk. No, I I think it's really hard because I'm like, I love jujitsu. I love weightlifting. It's not really loving me back if I'm doing both of them at the same time. So I kind of got to pick one. And I mean, we kind of talked about the the um, decisions and like choosing what you want to like, what path you want to take. I'm like. Not really sure what I want to do. Have you talked to Cord again? No. Doesn't he do both? Yeah, but I feel like he's not lifting much right now. Really? I think well, why he's don't more you just taking... talk to him. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a podcast, but yeah. just reach out and say, bro. What yeah, are you ask doing? him how he's feeling. Yeah. Because so. I feel like you talked to him in the beginning when you started jujitsu. Yeah. I reached out to him because I was like, dude, I am more sore than I've ever been in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Like, is this normal or should I, you know, go to the doctor? What's going on? <laughs> He's like, now nah, you'll adapt. But how'd the meat go for you? Surprisingly well for Snatch. I was, I actually really surprised myself. Um, I was hoping, I just did AO1, right? AO1? Mm-hmm. Um, in Columbus in, what was that, March? March, yeah. So for that meet, I hit 53 for Snatch, which I was really happy with. So I was hoping for you know, another 53, maybe a 54. Um, but I opened at 50, I think. Yeah, 50. And that was the heaviest I've ever opened. 
Um, that's a lie. I bombed out at Philadelphia. 51. 52. Okay, 52. Yeah, it was 52. And I missed it all three times. <laughs> so anyway, um, oh, I opened heaviest with Queen and Jerk. Never mind. So anyway, yeah, hit 50. Um, and then what did I, I don't even remember. 53? Yeah, I think you did 50, 53, 55. Yeah. So I made 55 and I was shocked. I was absolutely amazed that that went as good as it as it was um because i haven't hit that in over a year yeah definitely over a year um and my max is 56 so i mean it definitely should be higher but um and then opened heaviest than i ever that i ever opened um with 70 as my clean and jerk opener and made that it wasn't as smooth as I expected. And I think that's what threw me off a little bit. I also missed the last rep in the back at what, 67? 68. 68. Or maybe it was 67. I think it was 67. Um, missed that fluke miss. And I was like, oh, all right, here we go. Let's do 70. <laughs> and you didn't think I was going to make it. <laughs> or you said to me, um, not at the meet, thank God, but afterwards you were like yeah I don't know if I would have opened at 70 if I missed 67 yeah I was looking at Joe like should should I run out there and make her open her 67 right now because I think we ha- we probably had one like one lift to decide yeah and I'm and you said that's fine I I hit 70 routinely now in training so I was fine with 70 um so I hit that it just wasn't as easy as I would have liked and then um I went 73, missed the clean, which was weird. Um, I don't even know what happened. I think I just caved. And then we went 74, um, hoping for a miracle. And then, (laughs) no, hoping for a PR, because I would have been a PR clean and jerk, Um, but missed the clean again. I was so pissed that I didn't even get the chance to try to jerk it. But... It's all good. Yeah. I was really happy with the snatch. So I think um one thing that I've seen you, especially the last two meets, like you've really learned how to compete. Missing your last warm up, for some people that might you know, you you're thinking, Oh, there's no way I'm gonna go up and make my opener. And like at AO one we talked about when you had like ten, fifteen minutes in between attempts. So that's something that, I mean, you have to learn to compete. You have to experience competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that I did this meet. I wasn't really, like, into it. Um, I wasn't really – a lot of people at CrossFit were like, oh, are you excited you have to meet this weekend? And I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm just doing it, like, to do it. And they don't understand, and that's okay, but they don't understand because they're not Olympic – weightlifters they're just you know they they do crossfit and that's the thing it's like oh are you excited for your crossfit competition yeah they're really pumped up but are you always excited for a weightlifting meet i don't know sometimes you're like i haven't been feeling so good i don't know if i'm gonna be able to hit 95 percent. so who knows but like with weightlifting meets compared to crossfit competitions you have a chance to pr a lift um, or at least do some really solid technique or, or something like that. But with CrossFit, it's not like you're really 
PRing anything because the workout is different than something you've done before. But not necessarily. I take that back because like some workouts are announced in advance and then you can practice them. And there's usually like one strength thing thrown in there. So sometimes it might be like snatch or clean ladder and usually yeah, the true. last they might bar PR. the last bar is usually the yeah. heaviest for people that's true like all PR right range. before all the crossfitters start attacking your podcast i take it back <laughs> but they are totally different events well and you have a chance to if you're really bad at strength or you're really bad at cardio you you're able to balance it out throughout the weekend or the event if it's just a one day you get three or four workouts with weightlifting, if one thing goes wrong, it's really you either bomb out, you don't get a total at all, or like me, I hit my opener and then it's like, oh, well, my total is going to be six to 10 kilos lower than what it could have been right off the bat. Right. right. And that's even if clean and jerks go as good as they could. Yeah. They're just totally different events. Did I tell you I'm doing a CrossFit competition? No. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. You're listening live. Um, I'm doing the Suns Out, Guns Out at Kennett Square. Oh, is that at the... Uh, it's at Braylock. Braylock yeah. yeah. So they're setting it up. I don't even... I don't know why they're doing it. I, they always do it at Braylock. I don't know why they do it there. Um, I guess for people to go and spectate and like have beers and stuff. But I, they do it before Braylock opens. So mm-hmm. maybe they just do it there because of space. Uh, I, I really don't know. But anyway, they're bringing all the equipment, <laughs> everything down there. Um, and then me and Margie are partners. Nice. Yeah. So there's three divisions. There's scaled, RX, and party. So scaled is obviously scaled, you know, weights and movements. RX is weights and movements. Um, and for both of those, you have a judge. And then party division is like, we don't need a judge. We don't, we can pick whatever weights we want to do. We're just going to have fun. And like, I was really all about the party division. And I think Margie wants to do like one of the ones that are judged. So right now we're signed up for a party, but I don't know. There's only like two other female teams that are signed up for RX. And like me and Margie could do RX because I think you need dubs. You need a 35 pound uh dumbbell snatch which really sucks i have not done those in a long time 35 pounds but could do it um and then a single 35 pound dumbbell thruster i think those were the only like movements for rx okay so yeah you could definitely do that yeah crossfit competitions are usually pretty fun yeah the party probably would be much more fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of going and having a good time. But we can go and have a good time and still do our ex. We would compete against Tyler and Fran. They're a, a team. And then Elise and, um, oh, my gosh. Luckily, nobody listens from CrossFit Kennett Square here. But, uh, oh, Sydney. Um, Elise and Sydney. Okay. Sydney is Tracy's daughter. You know Tracy, really curly hair, very, very friendly. Yes. Sydney, she was at the um, Green Beret. Okay. Tracy. Okay, cool. And Sydney was doing it too. Sydney is younger. Yeah. Like 17 or something. Nice. Yeah, Tyler is a savage. 
Yeah. She doesn't stop training. I know. She actually did CrossFit in her rash guard the other day. I was like, did you just come from the gym? <laughs> She's cr- Like she said, she when she started, I think she said within like a month or two, she was doing every single class that the gym offered. At jiu-jitsu? Or- yeah, at oh, jiu-jitsu. Okay. And she was doing CrossFit every day. Like she took, because I asked her, because I said, um, I've been getting sick a lot recently. I was like, do you think this because I'm like training too much or what? And she said that in the beginning she was getting like stress rashes on her face and like weird places because she was just not recovering at all. So she was like looking to adrenal fatigue. So I think that could have been something. So that was helpful. But I think she still trains like a complete savage. Yeah. She's so cool. I like her a lot. Yeah. And the sports psychology thing is cool. I probably need her for weightlifting. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. There's so many different professions that didn't exist up until, you know, last. Even sports psychology is probably like 10, 15 years old, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people, I'm actually reading Moneyball right now, and it's talking about the Oakland A's and how they were like super low budget team but when the general manager when he was playing in the minor leagues to have they first started having like psychologists i don't think they were sports psychologists but they were just having psychologists come and talk to the team and he was like i don't need that like i don't have a problem Hmm, i don't have like my, my mind's fine what are you talking about it's like you're seen as you know weak yeah if you need to go to a sports psychologist now I think um, now it's looked at as being pretty beneficial. Yeah, but it's like how many different people do we need for us to stay in weightlifting? <laughs> we need a weightlifting coach. We need a physical therapist. So we go to John all the time. Um, John's the best. I still refer him people to him all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, and the cool thing about him is that he understands all the different sports. So he understands weightlifting. He understands CrossFit. He understands like the actual movements that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of physical therapists who don't know what a snatch is or don't Mm -hmm. know what a clean is. And you can probably give me stretches and stuff that's going to help my hip mobility or shoulder mobility. But if you really don't know what I'm doing, you're not going to be able to provide the best program. Yeah. I mean, that goes to say the same thing about doctors. When I had my hernia... And when I saw the first doctor that I was like, I'm never coming back to you. Um, You know, he was like asking me what, how I'm deadlifting or like what, why am I deadlifting? And then there was another, I saw a, um, a chiropractor years and years ago who I, I was seeing him for like the bulging discs in my back from, it was either from car accident or a cheerleading injury, totally unsure which one probably the car accident because that was later but I was seeing him for a while and then I started CrossFit and then I started getting this like nagging shoulder thing which I think is pretty common in CrossFit but I started getting that and I told him about it and he was like oh well you know you probably shouldn't be lifting that much and I'm like okay bye (laughs) I'm gonna go find somebody else because I'm not gonna change what I'm doing just because you are not fully like comprehending that it's beneficial to me and to my body and staying healthy and all of these things like we should be able to lift heavy weights we should be able to do things that are challenging 
Just because something hurts doesn't mean that we should stop doing it. We might just have to like rehab it with, like you said, some stretches, some different mobility techniques. But I know so many people who are like, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to do it ever. I know a lot of people actually in CrossFit who have told me they've expressed that um, snatches hurt their shoulder, uh, their shoulders. And I'm like, okay, I, I know exactly what that's from. <laughs> like, I can help you and we can eliminate that shoulder thing. And I'm no doctor, I'm no physical therapist, but from experience, I know exactly why it's hurting and it's on their bring down. It's doing this, mm-hmm. it's looping it backwards. I wonder how often doctors have to like renew their certifications. Do they just go to school and then just never have to? And they're just a doctor forever. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, if you think about a doctor or surgeon, if they went to school and they've been practicing for 20 years, they haven't seen any of the, and I'm sure the literature on CrossFit probably still isn't available quite yet. Where, I mean, if you would have, that's, I talk about it a lot in the strength and conditioning field. Like if you told people that you could train three hours a day, they still are like, no, you can't do that. Like that doesn't make any sense. But if you look at these top CrossFit athletes, three, four, five, six hours a day, Mm. and they're able to handle it, and you got to do a lot of things right to be able to handle that amount of volume. But even to think that that's possible, especially a regular doctor, if you told a regular doctor that you go to the gym for four hours a day, they're like, you can't do that. They probably don't know why, but they're like, there's no way you can do that. Yeah. I don't know. It might be like CEUs for, you know, personal personal trainers. They need to get their certifications renewed and they need to stay up on just like different um, learnings and stuff. So I, I feel like doctors should have to do the same thing. Yeah, updated courses and yeah. stuff. I mean, I love doing stuff like that. I, I love learning new stuff. You okay? Yeah, these headphones are tight. <laughs> the head, I I don't know. I like the way I sound in the headphones. <laughs> I don't, they're just, un, are they uncomfortable for you? A little bit, but they're, it's not bad. Ugh. Well, let's uh, get into the trip, Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk surprised us too. Yeah, it was a beautiful city. I really liked it. I was a little disappointed with Virginia Beach, but I honestly, it kind of was what I expected. Like I expected it to be a beach town, typical like boardwalk, and that's what it was. Yeah, generic. Yeah, just had sensations, (laughs) a couple tattoo parlors and seafood restaurants and call it a day. Um. But I'm glad we didn't try to go back to like actual Virginia Beach um, after the first night. Yeah, we stayed in Norfolk for, what, three nights? Like did yeah. stuff around there. That was really cool. We went to a baseball game together, mm-hmm. and that was quite the adventure for you. <laughs> I cannot believe you did not get annoyed. You asked so many questions, but they were <laughs> the questions were good, though. It wasn't like you didn't know what was going on, but you're like, why did that happen? And I'm like, huh, I've never thought about it that way, but like, okay. So, I mean, it must be cool to watch something that you like kind of know what's going on, but you really don't because I don't get to, like if I watch a baseball game, I I know 
you always see at a baseball game you always see one thing that you haven't really seen before but yeah like an intentional walk <laughs> you had no the idea what fuck was that <laughs> i'm like wait a second what i mean so when you explained it it made sense it totally makes sense they were threatened by that batter and they instead of like risking a home run or like is it yeah what's it called when they get um like somebody was on third base base it or base it okay or anything they're just not giving that person a chance yeah so they're just putting him on base Mm -hmm. pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then mark put the comment about the infield fly rule if that happened i'd don't know how I would have described that one to you. <laughs> you would have just been like, uh, you wanted to get ice cream, right? <laughs> yeah, that was fun, fun game. Yeah. We saw some guys who will probably be major leaguers, which really? is cool. Yeah. In the next... Well, some of them were. Yeah, some of them were. And then this year, probably a couple of them. We'll see. I don't keep up with baseball much anymore, but we'll see them in the majors at some point that's what's cool about seeing minor league baseball <clears throat> sorry my something got in my throat i'll edit this out um what else we went to the beach yeah we had our own private beach yeah that was basically cool. i've i've always hated the beach and i think it's because that one time i got super sunburnt so i always associate the beach with I didn't know you hated it. I I don't think it's not like I hated it, but I always associated with the time like I'm talking I had boils on my chest, like blisters everywhere. Yeah. I had to get serious sounds, hydrocortisone cream. That sounds terrible, but that's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put any sunscreen on and sat at the beach for like 4 hours. Yeah, that's not okay. Um but do you hate the beach now? No. Oh, okay. I really liked it. Okay. I was like, why did we do something that you hated? I'm still not able to fully relax on the beach, though, mm. because there's always part of me that's like, am I going to get sunburnt? Did I miss a place? Yeah, I know. You were every 20 minutes. When should we reapply? <laughs> not yet. No, but I, it was nice, like, kind of getting out of the routine. I think that's important, like, getting out of I know you've been... Not burnout, but you've been doing a lot lately. Yeah, I've been just busy, just coaching a lot. And I don't know. I took a break from like tracking macros too, which made me feel really good. You just mean on the trip or beforehand? No, before that too. I have, I've just been like loosely kind of tracking. And I haven't, yeah, definitely for the last, probably since the meet. So okay. two weeks or two and a half weeks or something. Was it three weeks ago or two weeks ago? The meet. Two. I feel like it was forever ago. Well, th- this is probably the third weekend. It I'm was gonna two, pull up the calendar. It was two weeks ago, but it was three weekends ago since we're recording this on Sunday. One, it was two weeks ago. Because it was two weeks in a day. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> The past two weeks, very, very loosely tracking or, or not really tracking much at all. Um, but I think that's really important too. Like I know people who have been tracking macros for five years plus daily and they never miss a beat. And I'm just like, why? 
I mean, at that point, you know what you eat. You know what you need to eat if that's if those are the macros that you want to stick with. But I don't know. Also, like macros are a thing where it's like you can change them. They don't have to be the same numbers for years or months on end. Like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think tracking is for everyone. And like if it is for some people, that's great. But I don't think it's for like it shouldn't be forever. It's not like, oh, I track macros, so I'm going to track macros for every single meal for the rest of my life. Like, what kind of life is that? Yeah. I've been probably, well, so I worked with Emily for nine months, which was really nice. I liked doing that, and she she always gave me, like, a macro plan, and then we kind of weaned off it where she would give me just a protein and calorie goal. to, And she said, like, don't stress over the number. Just try to make sure that you hit these. And if you're over, great. If you're a little bit under, don't worry about it. But like, this is your guideline. And I think that was good to take some of the stress off. I do think it's hard, though, if you don't have like it. And it goes back to um, the book, 12 More Rules. Like he talks about if you, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to hit the target. So if you like, it's nice to take a break, I think, for a little bit. But like, if you have nothing and this is, I mean, my own bias because i have been that person who's tracked macros pretty much forever so it's hard for me to to just be like okay like let me eat enough food and i'm not going to worry about the the breakdown yeah i don't know like we were talking recently about the cost of everything just being astronomical right now and i i kind of feel like i was talking about this with danielle yesterday too i was like well you know i i really don't need I'm not a super competitive athlete I don't need to eat 150 grams of protein every single day like is it benefiting me yeah if I was training consistently and you know just really striving to gain muscle and get as strong as I can but do I need it no I really don't like I could get by with 120 grams no problem so I don't know, just like cutting back a little bit on what's unnecessary, you know. But there's also like on the other hand, I don't want to totally screw up my metabolism and like what my body is used to too. Yeah. I'm just sick of things being so expensive. If things weren't so expensive, I'd be like, yeah, let's eat it. Yeah, we're going on a bulk. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, we probably all... Do you think there's like an exact amount of food that your body can handle and then you just like poop or pee out the rest? Like, isn't there a certain amount of water? Like if you drink more than that, you're just going to pee it out. I think I've heard protein with that. I'm not sure if that's a thing, but some people have said like you can only digest 30 or 40 grams of protein at one time. But I don't think that's right Mm. because I've eaten steaks that are 16 ounces. They got way more than yeah I I don't know about that I know what you're saying um yeah I don't I can't speak to it without looking it up yeah I I would look into that yeah but I've heard people say like you know if you eat more than 30 grams of protein in a sitting then it's a complete waste no that's not true okay a lot of pseudo a lot of pseudoscience out there these days (laughs) 
Um, what else about the trip? Anything that you want to talk about? Um, what was your favorite part of the trip? I liked the baseball game. I thought we had a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, that was fun. It, and it was extra innings. Like, it went into the 10th inning. Yeah. Um, I think we were, we started in... The, it was a good game. Yeah. And we started in the third row. And then it was almost... Like, minor league stadiums, if you go to a lot of... If you go to, like, Citizens Bank Park, it's huge. And you're probably sitting three three decks up and, like... You can see what's going on, but you can't really see it. But we were in the third row right behind home plate. And it all—it almost was too close to the field. Yeah. Like, just because we were basically, I mean, we were pretty much level with the catcher and mm-hmm. the batter. So I liked when we moved back up, like, we were still in the first, what's it called? First deck. Yeah, the first deck, but we were just further back, and it was, like, perfect. Yeah, it was cool seeing the whole field and stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then um, the beach water was, like, beautiful. The bay. Yeah, we were on the bay. There were barely any waves. and mm-hmm. That just was really like nice. Very relaxing. And it was clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like it wasn't like Myrtle Beach, but it was um, you could see our feet and stuff and what we're going to step on, which I like. <laughs> I don't like going to Jersey Beach where it's. I don't know if I'm going to step on a jellyfish or a bikini top or a tire or like <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's down there. The jellyfish. I hate yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like though it's either jellyfish season. It's either a season or like a day or something like they're either really prevalent in the ocean or you don't see any. Yeah. That was I was. Um, oh, this is going back a lot of years. I think I was in middle school. And my friend Katie took, it was me and Katie and this guy Dave and this guy Chris. And it wasn't like a double date or anything. It was just like we were friends. We hung out. um, And her mom took us down to Ocean City, Maryland. I think that's where we were. Anyway, it rained the whole weekend. It was a terrible weekend. And I think we ended up like going to the movies. We saw... um, What's the it, it, X-Men? We saw X-Men and it was oh, so we went to the beach the one day that it didn't rain. Um it still was like really crappy weather, but anyway, this is such a terrible story. Uh jellyfish, back to jellyfish. There were so many freaking jellyfish in that water, and that was the first time that I actually got stung by jellyfish cuz it like you just touch it and it stings. It kind of burns you. Um so yeah, and that's where I learned that if you pee on a jellyfish burn, like it goes away or something. Mm. Um, I thought you were gonna say if you pee like on jellyfish, they won't sting you. Oh no, <laughs> probably not true. <laughs> but no, I think we, I, unless this is a myth, this might be an urban, <laughs> urban legend, <laughs> and people are just going around peeing on each other. I don't really know, but um, I can't remember if we actually did that or we just talked about it wow i am a terrible storyteller no that was good (laughs) um i liked that i went into the ocean the whatever the water with you though i'm not i don't go in the water why not i don't like it i don't know i think it's like the salt water it's just like kind of like dirty or i definitely don't like waves 
I am not a fan. So this was good. The bay was like nice and calm, no waves. I didn't have to like time it where you run out and there's none crashing on you, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, I never liked waves. I like doing the body surfing though. Is that with the boogie board or just your body? Well, you just like body surf as I said. <laughs> what a look that was. <laughs> um, so your body, yourself. Yeah. Or you can you just do kinda it like, with the... Uh, you just kind of float, right? You know the... What is that called? Is that a body board? There's a body board, maybe, but I'm it's thinking a, a boogie cer- board, though. Boogie like the board. Foam yeah, that's things. what I'm saying. Yeah. What are those things that you slide? Skimboard. Skimboard. Yeah, I used to like them. I never did those. I I thought I was going to fall and break my neck or something. They're fun. The boogie boards were fun. We always used to do those when we went camping. That's cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed the beach and kind of just, I didn't have my computer the whole time, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Had uh, Rob and Dylan text me about work a little bit, but they weren't too bad. Trying to get the Wordle still. The Wordle. Um. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good stopping point. I I love how you're more comfortable on the podcast now. I feel like this was the most comfortable I ever was. Yeah, I feel like you're finally loosening up, and <laughs> you're like not afraid to tell a story. Uh, this I good. am not a good storyteller, though. No, I think it takes practice. You know what? I have a friend at um, when I worked at Men's Warehouse. He was, he was technically my boss, and then we um, we were just in different positions, but we were kind of like equal. Um, his name's Kirk. He's amazing. He is a great storyteller, like captivating, and you're kind of like on the edge of your seat, like what's next? What's next? What's next? And Man, I wish I could tell stories like him. Remember the uh, 9-11 story from Rogan that I showed you? No. The guy who got kicked out of school on 9-11, and then his dad drove from, like, Long Island to Brooklyn. Yes, yes, yes. This was the comedian. Yes. Yeah, yeah he's guy. a good storyteller. Chris DiStefano. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> Look that up if you haven't seen it. It's uh, Chris DiStefano on Joe <laughs> That Rogan. was a really good story. That was so funny. But, yeah, um... Do you want me to let people know your Instagram or you not doing shout outs? <laughs> um, Dana Lee Nutrition. All right. And you can follow the show at Better Than Yesterday Pod on Instagram. If you guys enjoyed this, sometimes I put these out and like don't even think anything of it. We're not taking this too seriously. And the last one we did, somebody said it was their favorite episode that they've ever heard of this. Really? Yeah. So. So, guys, if you do like the episode, share it out on your Instagram. Let me know. Um, I always enjoy hearing from people, and that's honestly what keeps me going is when I see that it made a difference in someone's day. So thank you to everybody who's listening, and I will talk to you guys next week.